breakfast. We have on the line with us April's own Paul Ryan. And Paul, uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Wayne. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure to uh, to have you on. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Paul, big uh, big high school uh, and uh, college time as well, athlete, and um, big ties to um, to uh, former Major League Baseball player and coach Mike Ryan, who is, is your cousin. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Mike Ryan, who uh, uh, and I'm sorry to to say, but he he passed away this past week, and and uh, that had to have been tough on you. Well, like thinking this morning, it's pretty ironic that Mike passed away in his sleep. And that's the way Mike was. Mike was a very closed-lipped and, uh, you know, he stayed out of the limelight and so forth. Enjoyed himself up in New Hampshire. And him and his wife, Suzanne, who's a wonderful, wonderful woman. They had 52 years of marriage. And my heart goes out to Suzanne, that's for sure, and all our relatives and so forth. But Mike, uh, Mike had a very modest start in uh, the world of baseball. He went to St. James High, and there was no no sports at St. James High back then. And uh, his father and my father both played at St. James High. They played football, baseball, many years ahead of him. And uh, they didn't have sports, so Michael couldn't play baseball. I think the last baseball he had before minor league baseball was uh, Pony League. Oh, no, actually, no, the Northeast League, excuse me, the Northeast League, which was a semi-pro league, Seabrook, uh, Haverhill, Amesbury, and uh, New Report, possibly. But um, Mike uh, Mike used to play out of Cashman's Field in Haverhill, and uh, all Haverhillites are familiar with Cashman's Field is. And she Corellis, who was one of the, a real good baseball pitcher himself, and Owen Corrales Jewels in downtown Haverhill, the late great Chief Corrales. He uh, he was very helpful to Mike because he had connections, and Mike didn't need any connections because the word got out pretty quick. And uh, when he played at Cashman's Field, he played for Corrales Jewels, who sponsored the team. And Mike affected the real estate business on Hilldale Avenue because he used to hit balls off the houses over the left field fence. But I think that uh, somebody got a few sales of houses because they were sick of getting peppered by Mike Ryan's bombs out there. But he uh, he was a damn good catcher, and uh, he proved that over the years following. And um, at the age of, uh, I think it was 18, he was selected for the first All-Star game, which was the Hirsch family had this All-Star game, and only a certain number of people got invited. And Mike was one of three from New England, and uh, they played at Yankee Stadium. They played against a bunch of uh, Sandlot, not Sandlot players, but some like semi-pro players like the Northeast League was. And uh, Mike got invited, and uh, lo and behold, I could see the trophy now. He was the MVP of that game. And uh, that was a Yankee Stadium, quite a thrill for me to go to the Yankee Stadium playing, the original Yankee Stadium. And uh, Mike had a great day out there, and uh, he won the MVP. 
Wow, yeah, the, the house that Ruth built. That's that's fantastic. And and so uh, you know, I'm I'm not from where I'm not from Haverhill. Where is Cashman? Where was Cashman Field? Well, Cashman Field still exists. It's uh, been turned into uh, some little league diamonds, and uh, it's it's right along the Merrimack River on uh, right off of Lafayette Square. If you are heading up to uh, Garrison Golf. Hilldale Avenue, you go by Cashman's Field on your right, across from a plaza that used to house Mal's and the first national supermarket used to be there. So they're obviously going back a long time when you say those names. But the thing is that uh, that's where Cashman's Field is, and there was a lot of great baseball played there. Is that where uh, you used to play? Uh, I played at Swayze's Field. Swayze's Field is where Mike grew up. He played in the St. Joe's Little League with my brother Peter, and uh, that's where really started his career as the St. Joe's Little League. And uh, I think uh, I remember some people it's still around. So I remember Mike in Little League, and you know he was kind of a head and shoulders above a lot of people at that age. And uh, you know it's, it doesn't take much to see somebody that has ability and has, has drive and. Mike had both, that's for sure. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was uh, a little bit older than you, so it must have been uh, kind of neat for you growing up in Haverhill to uh, say, yeah, my, my cousin in the big leagues. Uh, was was he in the big leagues when you were still in high school? Uh, yes, he was. As a matter of fact, uh, I was, uh, well, first off, to say that it was exciting for me, Michael, Mike Ryan was definitely my idol. He was my idol. I had two idols, my father and Mike, Mike Ryan. And I will say this, that uh, it was a thrill when Mike uh, started playing in the majors. Uh, he got, his first call-up was in uh, October of 1964, the Red Sox. It's a kind of a comical story. He had been home because the minor league baseball seasons are short. He had been home for about a month and hadn't played any baseball. And he, he went home. He's down at Hampton Beach all day and out at night with his friends and so forth. And got home and his father said, Uncle John said, you know what? The Red Sox called you today. They want to see you there tomorrow. And Michael in disbelief said, come on, are you kidding me? He said, no, they want you there tomorrow. And Billy Herman had just become the manager. He replaced that Johnny Pesky, who was fired like four or five days earlier. So Billy and Michael went in at 8 o'clock the next morning for one thirty game. You thinking that he was nervous? I think he was excited. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> he was in there long before the first pitch. And he started that game, the next game on October 3rd. That was his first start in Major League. He, got, he went one for three with a single. He drove in two runs. And he also reached base on an error and so forth. And then when he was on base, he was on first base, and uh, somebody, one of the opposing team players, a catcher or something, tried to throw the ball back to the pitcher and threw it wildly in the center field. So Mike took off as fast as he could go, and uh, he went all the way around. He's heading home, and uh, he got tagged out at home. And when he did, he uh, had a tore a ligament in me and uh, 
So he was on the shelf after that. And, um, but it was, it was the last day of the season anyway. But, uh, he had time to recover for spring training the next year. And the a real, another ironic story is this, that the day that he caught his first major league game on October 3rd of 64, he was catching, pitching for the Red Sox was Bill Mambouquet. Now, Bill Mambouquet was from Medford. And my uncle, Michael's uncle, Father Ryan, was the pastor of the parish that Bill Mambouquet attended down in Medford. And they had a band. My, my uncle, Father Jim, had a band that was made up of church parishioners and so forth, probably mostly youngsters and so forth. But Bill Mambouquet was in the band. And lo and behold, I found out later that my uncle baptized Bill Mambouquet. How about so that? Yeah. Here's, here's my cousin catching his first game, and he's catching someone that his uncle baptized, and his uncle had in the band, and uh, Bill Mambouquet went on to be quite a pitcher for the Red Sox, and he later ended up uh, coaching with the Yankees in the latter part of his career. Oh, yeah. I, I remember uh, seeing him out in the bullpen for a Lowell Spinners game. He was uh, one of the pitching coaches for uh, for one of their minor league teams that would uh, play in against the Spinners in Lowell. Right. And he was affectionately known as Monbo because that name was quite a name to keep pronouncing in full. But that was a, that was a big thrill for Michael because I think Monbo Keck told him before the game, I think he was warming him up in the bullpen, and Mambo said to Ryan, he said, you can't hold me. You can't hold me. And I think Michael just said to him, just keep throwing. Just keep throwing. And uh, they got along well. They're great friends and so forth. And uh, Michael didn't have many enemies, that's for sure. Well, that's uh, that's fantastic. Hey, uh, a quick story. Um, you know, a part of uh, being a, a professional baseball player is, is getting traded, and one of the teams that he played with during his major league career, as you uh, mentioned previously, was the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, he had quite an experience there. Yes, he did. Um, Michael was adored by all of Philadelphia, and I mean adored because he was so tough and hard-nosed. I mean, they loved him. They called him Irish Mike down there. And Tim McCarver liked to call him Iron Mike. But he and McCarver were teammates, you know, pretty good catching duo there. Because Michael was one of the best defensive catchers in baseball for a long time. And uh, this one season, uh, he had more assists than Johnny Bench. And Johnny Bench was allegedly the premier catcher back then at that time. And uh, Michael had, 15, in 15 less games than Johnny Bench, Michael had 14 more assists than Johnny Bench. So that's a pretty good thing. But down in Philly, the opening day of Veterans Stadium, the first time they're playing a baseball game at Veterans Stadium, the... Uh, Owners of the Phillies wanted to do it upright, as you would think you would. So they decided to take Irish Mike, and they said, we can depend on him. We know that. And little did they know, they could. What they did was they had a helicopter come in and fly over second base, I don't know, 500 feet up above the ballpark, whatever it was, 
and uh, they dropped the ball out of it. And Michael's job was to catch it. And he went from shortstop over to the second base position, back to the second base bag, probably back towards the pitcher's mound a little bit, and he never lost sight of the ball. And, yep, Irish Mike caught it. Irish Mike caught it on opening day, the first game ever at Veterans Stadium. Wow. He was, uh, without a doubt, they knew that they could depend on Mike. And that's why they put him in that position. Well, uh, uh, Paul, I want to thank you for for sharing all those uh, stories. Uh, have they? Uh, have they? Are, is it going to be uh, any uh, services at all for him? Uh, no, it's going to be just like Michael would want it, private and quiet. And uh, I know that his great friends, Rico uh, Petrosoli and Jim Longboard, are feeling a little low today, but uh, it's. Uh, he's now in heaven with his old roommate Tony Canigliaro and uh, they were quite a force on those guys they were tight as drums you could believe it they were really tight when if, I, if you have time I got a, quick, a couple of quick little tidbits here alright well we have uh, time for a tidbit how's that a tidbit yeah one <laughs> yeah it's about uh, time for the news all right. Well, this is better news than what we hear on the radio these days anyway. <laughs> There's much good news out there. Anyway, I go to a ball game with my father, and this is back when the Red Sox only drew about 8,000 fans to the game. So we're sitting behind home plate, directly behind Michael. Michael's catching against the uh, Cleveland Indians this day. So, all right. The umpire is Hank Shaw, who is from Providence. He attended Providence College with my father. They were lived in the same hall. They were teammates and so forth at PC. And the manager for the uh, Cleveland Indians is Bertie Tebbets. And Bertie Tebbets had to come out with the lineup card for the thing. So I think Michael told Hank Shorts, he said, Michael Paul's behind home plate. Well, Michael probably shouldn't have done that because Bertie Tebbets comes out with the lineup card and Hank Shorts yells to Bertie as he's walking towards the plate. He says, hey, Bertie. The coach is here, because they always call him the coach. And Bertie Tebbets goes, hey, coach, hey, what are you doing like that? So Hank Shaw and Bertie Tebbets both come over to the screen. And and I walk to the corner of the screen, and they're talking back and forth, cheering old guys, because they all they lived in the same dorm, the same hallway, and they were great friends. So... They're talking and talking. Finally, they hear, yo, Uncle Paul, we got a ball game to play. Let's go. That was my cousin Mike saying, let's get this game started. We can't be talking all day. So that's a tidbit there for you. And I wish we had more time because there's a couple other beauties too. Yeah, we have to get going, but uh, and that's something. That's that was back in the day when when uh, you know the ball players could do stuff like that. Now they they aren't allowed to do that stuff anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it was comical. I'll never forget it. Obviously, it's like the Western stone in my brain. It's like it happened yesterday. How about that? And, uh, Cousin Mike was the best. He was the greatest. Believe me when I tell you. He, uh, like I said, he didn't have. If he had an enemy, the person had to be stupid. Believe me, there was no reason to. He was always smiling, always had the good, strong handshake, and he loved people. 
and you could figure people out in 35 seconds or less. You knew if you liked them or not, but the thing is, he was a true man, a real, real gentleman, and I'll tell you, I miss Mike, and I love Mike, and uh, he was always great to me, and uh, I want to thank you for having me on here this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm sorry about your loss, but uh, I'm glad that you have all those memories. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you have a great day, Wayne. It's great to hear your voice, and I listen to you all the time. And uh, we'll see what happens with high school football. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, to be yeah. determined. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, thank you again for uh, for joining us uh, this morning. Paul Ryan from Haverhill uh, with memories about his cousin Mike Ryan, former Red Sox uh, catcher who passed away last week. And we're listening to The Wave, 97.9 WHAV-FM. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV. Catch the wave, W.